You ready? I'm ready. Go. Okay, great. Hey, uh, good afternoon, everybody. This is Aaron Hendon with uh, Keller Williams at uh, in Seattle, and I am happy to be on with Jeff Smith of Room Room Veer. That was a really good That's, job. No, I like it. Okay, thank it, you. It worked. It worked. That's good. Okay. I've been practicing all night. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go away, and then when I come back, we'll start the show. Okay, great. Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Michael Mendes, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Tasty Minstrel Games and, uh, and what you got going on over there at playtmg.com. Okay. So what do you got going on? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was my cue. Sorry. That's okay. Don't worry about uh, it. <laughs> we publish board games, so physical games in real life, not on the phone, not on, on a computer. Right. And I say we publish them. It means that we act more like the way Simon & Schuster does for authors. Okay. We do that for games, right. for game design. Kind of like what Steam does for video games. Kind of like that, except if I could deliver them digitally, I would be uh, very pleased. <laughs> well, some games you can kind of deliver. Like there are tabletop games that are just downloadable, right? You could go that way. Well, some the, of the problem is people yeah. have to print out stuff and cut it out and find... Uh, they're not going to do any of that. All of that. Yeah, they're not so. going to do any of that. <laughs> you can't even get people to read. <laughs> hey, don't get me started on that. <laughs> Please, because <laughs> I, I share your grief. <laughs> yeah, so, and Tasty Minstrel Games, um, I, I already uh, intuited that that was a reference to uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail, right? Right. So that's correct. So tell the story about how you came up with Tasty Minstrel Games for for your the name of your company. Well, you I was, was talking with a friend, and it came up, and we said, "Okay, that was." <laughs> it's so long ago, I don't remember. <laughs> so good. So for all those non geeks out there, let's tell them the story. So. It was Sir Robin in the uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail movie, right? He had right. a bunch of uh, he had a bunch of minstrels, like, and at, l at least three or four of them, I think. Yeah, and yeah. because Robin ran away a lot, they right. were super annoying. They would have songs about how he ran away, bravely, he bravely ran, ran away, ran away. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then there's a time when. The seasons uh, are not favorable, and winter goes from winter to winter, and it's like a whole a whole year of winter. Right. And so they eat his minstrels. 
And there was much rejoicing. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so I figured there wouldn't be rejoicing if they weren't tasty. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think if you're starving in the winter and you eat something, it's going to be tasty. Be it a, a tasty minstrel or not. But that's one way to make a minstrel tasty. <laughs> Be hungry enough. (laughs) Be hungry enough. (laughs) Yikes. But it kind of tells you where the bard sits in a D&D party, right? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) The hierarchy of the bard. So so for all you non-gamer geeks out there, bards are... kind of like a little bit useless in in a in a fighting campaign but usually their thing to do is to sing and you know keep the spirits up and give people that are actually fighting bonuses is that is that yeah. basically the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if you ever play a bard you're you're kind of always like uh you've got to keep your keep your head low and hope yeah. nobody kills you yeah Right, you got to keep doing favors for people that can actually fight. Okay, well, this is Vroom Vroom Veer, so we have to go back in time and and talk about Michael Mendez, um, say, like, as a younger man. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, awesome. Uh, what sort of, uh, so we? I'm already guessing that you were kind of like a game nerd. Is that, am I, would I be, would I be accurate and... Characterizing. I, I don't know if nerd is the right Sorry. term. Okay, nerd, not nerd. Yeah, okay, fine. I mean, if that's if that's the word for someone who is in the uh, chess club from first grade through all the way through the end of high school, then yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, now, are are you a nerd kind of guy or do you like geek? I like them both, but I mean, whatever. Yeah, you're a whatever kind of guy. Okay. <laughs> no, you know, and when I say nerd, it's not to disparage. I don't know if, you know, because I consider sure. myself a nerd and I'm proud. Mm. Um, geek slash nerd proud. Um, I wouldn't want to be cool. There's way too much stress involved in being cool. You know, putting yeah. up that show. <laughs> <coughs> so, sure. okay. So you're, you're, a, you're a chess club nerd slash geek and, uh, Wow. All right. So talk a little, tell us a story about what your, uh, your life like life was like growing up in, in Tucson. Sure. Um, I played any game and every game that I could whenever I could. Right. I distinctly remember when I was, I must've been four or five. Wow. I ran out of people to play Candyland with. So I was in my room and just playing Candyland by myself. Mm. And uh, I thought, well, let's let's not go overboard there. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I remember thinking at four or five, I thought, oh yeah, this is this is fun. But then I I thought, oh, it'd be better if there was this change to the board and this change to the board. So I kind of just imagined them in my mind, and then when those came up, I uh, I would uh, you know take the option. If I wanted to, uh, introduced some choice to the game, mm-hmm. and uh, wow. yeah, play it through in my mind. So even at that age, I was I was doing that. Uh, about seven or so. Well, I was in first grade, so I guess that's seven. Yeah, um, about. I started playing chess with my dad. I liked that a lot. I asked him to play all the time, and then uh, he got me into the chess club. Um. 
I was born in 1981, so we're talking about early uh, early video gaming sort of stuff became available when I was a kid, like more popular popularized. Mm. I have a hard time with saying that word. Things like <laughs> Nintendo, yeah, um, computer games like SimCity. Oh, I love uh, SimCity. SimEarth all sorts of things i played any game and every game i could get my hands on for a long time and when i was in junior high school a game came out called magic the gathering i got introduced to that when that was in unlimited so that was maybe a year or a year and a half into after that game was released Uh, i got super into that I mean, uh, competitive, too. Wow. I, right, um, right, right, right. You know, I played in it was either three or four pro tours. Uh, wow. I feel like I was I was too young to be able to have the choice to travel enough to uh, things to qualify more. Mm. But that's okay. Um, was it fun, or did it feel like work? No, it was absolutely fun. Oh, great. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> It was absolutely fun. And and did you win a couple of those? Pro Tours? No. No. Okay. Qualifiers, yes. That's how I got to the Pro Tours. Gotcha. Gotcha. No. I never even uh, placed well in any of them. Okay. But uh, then... And how old were you when you were doing that? Oh, let's see. I certainly was mostly done by the time I was 20. So okay. I think I was okay. 15, 16, 17 mainly. Right. So, right. yeah, definitely young enough that it's like, hey, mom and dad, can I go do this thing where I travel with my friends to for eight, you know, to L.A. to play in a tournament for, uh, you know, over the weekend? And they're like, nah, how about no? <laughs> things, things that were right. in Tucson, right, right, which right. was very, very rare. Things that were in Phoenix were fine. Okay. Um, but you get past a certain distance and it's like, no. Right. Wow. Fun. Which is reasonable. I don't, I don't. No, I don't it makes sense. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it makes sense. Right. Being a parent of four, I think that's uh, quite reasonable. Right. Well, you uh, know, I think it was, you know, just to get to do what you did was pretty damn cool. I mean, yeah. it meant that you were probably better than, you know, most uh, so you had some sort of like not only love but like some serious like chops at something that's really difficult. <laughs> yeah, magic's not easy. I mean, you've got to be doing a lot of crap in your head, you know, really fast. A little bit of a competitive gamer, right? Right. Um, yeah, I get. That. And and then eventually I got into um, Euro games, starting with. Uh, Settlers of Catan in mm, about right. the year 2000, and then Carcassonne came along in Puerto Rico, and then I went down that that rabbit hole when that rabbit hole became available. Right. And right. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. So so did you end up going to college at all, or did you just skip right over that and start a business? I did go to college, oh, but great. before I went to college, I. Now I'm going to do with the claw hands, which means I went to college, as in I didn't go to college. I know people can't see the claw hands. Right. Okay. Uh, gotcha. So I was fortunate enough that my parents 
had the means and the willingness to support me while I went to college. So I, air quotes, went to college. And when I didn't go to class, which was almost all the time, <laughs> I stayed at, I played uh, games. Wow. <laughs> Video games. Uh, I had a job at the time. So I would go to work. Basically, my life was playing Ultimate Frisbee, going, working, delivering pizza, uh, and playing games. And not going to class. And not going to class and telling my parents I was going to class so they would keep supporting me. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a good strategy until they find out you're not going to class, right? If Well, it's not a good strategy for, <laughs> for yourself. Okay. It's a good strategy for being like, yay, cool, I get to play games. Right. It's a bad strategy for um, your conscience. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't you weren't like hacking it or anything. You were just basically saying, well, I'm going to do this uh, until I, until I can't get away with it anymore. No, uh, <laughs> after I certainly after a year, it might have been before that I wanted to. Uh, fess up, but was scared, and then waited a whole another year. Of course, wow. that didn't that didn't turn in. I wasn't so scared. I was like, I'm gonna go to class. <laughs> Not that scared. <laughs> so, were you just like getting like F's all the time, or were you showing up to take tests? Were you kind of like putting in minimal effort, or just blowing everything off? Uh, no, I if I was putting in the minimal effort, I would just say I learned it from my dad. I wouldn't even show up and do the tests or anything. That is what it got to. Wow. So you were And just, I would try to go back and, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, repent, go back. <laughs> and then I would say, this sucks. I want to go play games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. So l- let me ask you this because I have a theory about what's going on. Um, did you have any uh, older siblings? Or One. any? Okay, one older sibling? Okay, all right. Well, the reason that I ask is, like, I had two older siblings. My sister's six years older than me, and my brother's three years older than me. And I saw that, you know, they would do stuff, you know, like what you were doing, you know, mm-hmm. and and then they would get in trouble, right? So, and then they would learn, and the next time they'd try to get away with something, they'd get a little bit better. But I had the benefit of looking at both of those folks screwing up you know like big time you know sure getting trying to get away with stuff so it the total sum effect on me was i was always trying to get away with stuff but doing it in a way where i never ever ever got caught super sneaky (laughs) so if if i were in that situation I would be like more of a kind of a hacker kind of mindset. I think that's where my, my mind was going was, it, oh, okay, you're going to not go to class, but then maybe steal some notes or show up just to take the test just so you get like a C, you know, and kind of like glide through. But no, you were just wholesale back. <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So that's why I thought maybe there was no o- older siblings around. Because you were kind of like fumbling through there and you didn't have that sneaky gene going on. No. <laughs> One older sibling who was like seven years older than me. Oh, right. Kind of too far away to even be a good example of how to get away with stuff. Certainly. Yes. All right. So so I take it you didn't graduate college. No, I did. 
You so did. After I, <laughs> after I told my parents, uh, uh, my mom was like, was crying. Okay. Of course. And my my because you know that's an emotional response that happens. My dad was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, <laughs> and then he like <laughs> sat there for a minute and probably uh, <laughs> tried to not yell at me. Right. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, because I say this and he's like, what? <laughs> right. And I repeat myself, what? <laughs> right. And he just wants to kill you. And then he's like, okay, okay, calm yourself. This is a critical moment in Michael's life. He's screwed. I can imagine what he's thinking now that I have kids. This is right, a critical, right. critical moment in Michael's <laughs> life. Clearly, he has screwed up. The next thing that you say could have a huge impact. Right. Breathe, breathe, calm. Okay. Do you want to go to college? That was his question. Mm. And I was like, mm, sure. <laughs> I don't know if that came through on the microphone, but... <laughs> Very timid. Yeah, no, yeah. I got it. It's kind of mm, yes, <laughs> sure, then, right. Uh, you know, and, and so he asked again. Yes, he asked again. Yes, okay. Um, well, so let's figure out what we're gonna do. And wow. then he suggests there was a a school in Canada called McGill that he was a big fan of. Okay. So I went to the University of Arizona the first time, which was in-state and very inexpensive. And then he suggested McGill, which was in Canada and would have been very expensive. And I said, uh, I said, uh, Dad, Dad, no. Uh, after what I've done, I cannot – if you are going – if you insist on continuing to be okay with supporting <laughs> me while I go through college. Right. <laughs> I cannot allow you to spend that much money on it. Right. Right. Because you know you've only I wouldn't got like, feel right. Right. Yes. Oh, look at you. Right. So okay. I, I don't feel right enough. Don't <laughs> this right. is gonna make it worse. <laughs> so uh, Right, right. There's three there's three major public schools in Arizona. Okay. There's two really major ones, and then the other one is like a regular college that just isn't huge. So okay. the University of Arizona, which I had gone to, and they said, don't come back. Right. Uh, ASU, who's the sworn enemy of the University of Arizona, and I grew up in Tucson, so I said, I'm not going there. Okay. And my dad went to the U of A, and so he said, good. Um, <laughs> I said, so that leaves, the, that, that leaves um, Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff. Which, um, because of my SAT scores, I, you know, would be automatically admitted, no problem. Okay. And uh, so that was, I think August. I told them it, it was it was like two or three weeks before school started. Right. And uh, you know, my dad made all the phone calls and everything. It was like, okay, cool, you're in. Wow. You're in, you start in, in three weeks, weeks and three then we weeks, went right? up there and got everything taken care of. I think he, so at this point in my life, I understand personally that if I don't do something basic, if I don't do something immediately, 
the likelihood that I actually do it goes down significantly. So maybe he was thinking of that. Okay. Right. Okay. So it's like, okay. You, he wanted School to get starts you, in three weeks. Right. You're going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Right. I get it. Okay. So, and this time, you're, you don't just screw around and not go to class. Yeah, I think one of the problems was that (laughs) the first time was that I was into, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I went into the engineering program. Okay. And it was annoyingly difficult. Right, okay. I mean, uh, so, in general, I'm very good at math, but I hit a math uh, ceiling at Calculus 2 because of not memorizing trigonometry functions and so i couldn't go past that really without a an enormous amount of effort which i had not i did not have to exert all the way up to that point right it was like yeah normal amount of effort i get this it makes sense Mm -hmm. calculus 2 would have been it's like what most people struggle with getting to through algebra right okay so it was like algebra yeah, that's that's the way I think of that. So I was, I said, eh, okay, and I I uh, I studied philosophy in at NAU. Philosophy, that's yeah, awesome that's because awesome. there's no wrong answers. There are wrong answers. <laughs> well, okay, all right. Yeah, you're right. There are wrong answers. But, but you could take the position of the wrong side and try to do uh, as long as you argue effectively. Fine. Yes, right. Yeah, I I took one philosophy class uh, somewhere along the line when I was in the military, and and I figured out that it was always in your best interest to figure out the position of the professor first, so you mm. can agree with them. <laughs> yeah, especially if you didn't Thanks. really have an opinion. Thankfully, the philosophy program at Northern Arizona University was pretty good. Mm. Was like quite good. The um, the I it's a relatively it's certainly a small school compared to the University of Arizona. So the entire philosophy department had maybe five or six professors. Okay. Right. Right. Wow. Nice. The um, the 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 total number of majors in philosophy. At Northern Arizona University, for any given graduating year, was like twenty to thirty individuals. Okay. So, um, the you ended up with you ended up taking the same not the same classes, but multiple classes from the same professors. Okay. And, so you get to know them. Uh, you get to know them, but it it definitely was not argue for my position, and you'll get good results. Mm. It was argue cogently. And you get good results. Gotcha. So your position really didn't matter. It was That's okay. Cool. Right. That's what I meant Like when I said, like, uh, there are no wrong answers. There, Of course there are wrong answers, you know, based on, like, say, I don't know, historical facts or something. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's uh, Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But you can always, you can, it's more of an opinion-based thing than, uh, say, engineering. You know, yep. If you get the math wrong, <laughs> it ain't gonna look right. 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 Okay. So now you are armed with a bachelor's degree in philosophy, and you are headed out to the job market. 
and you are qualified in, to, to be a busboy or a, a waitstaff in any restaurant nationwide. Uh, that is what I thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but when I, when I was um, in school, I actually applied for uh, a job at Chili's. Okay. Uh, turns out I was not as good looking as um, this person who I knew who actually also applied for a job at a similar time. Gotcha. And, and granted, she she was much better looking than me. Mm. That's about all I had to say about that. <laughs> I was like, no, you can't be, you cannot take people to their seats because wow. you don't look like that. Wow. I'm like, yeah, can't blame you. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. I see what you're going for. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. A couple of years before I graduated, I got married. We were going to have a child right when I was graduating. I went to work with my dad as a financial advisor. I knew I would be good at it and like it and excel at it, and I would be cool. able to feed my family. Yeah, for sure. So did that. Lovely. Wanted to make games, was planning on that, but then realized, you know, I really should make sure I can feed my family. So that's probably yeah, that. that's probably a good plan. So so then you've you've got your financial advisor job, you're you're working, you've got now a brand new family. And when at what point do you start making games for fun, like on the side? Is that like right away or? No, not no. right away. Um, Did you keep took... playing games this whole time too? Yes, of course. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> um, it took. Uh, so as I said, I I figured I would be good at it and excel and all of that, which was true. And but despite that, sometimes just whatever bad day, I don't know. I would come home and say. Yeah, did this, did this. Things are going great, but I'm um, I'm not doing something with with the uh, games. Mm. I would say, you know, say this to my wife, and I don't know. After five, six, seven times, and these were, you know, this would happen every three weeks or five weeks or six weeks. It's not very frequent, so. It took several years to get through enough of these, and she said, you know, I don't remember exactly what she said. She said something like, we are going to be together forever, and I'm going to get tired of hearing this. <laughs> I want you to do what you want to do, and uh, so just, okay, start doing something. And then I had to figure out what. Uh, right, right. Started publishing games. And okay. that was in 2009. March of 2009 formed the company. I started in May of 2005 as a financial advisor. Right, okay. So it was four years four later. Four years later, right. Decently consistent. Uh, but it's not games. <laughs> it was a productive four years of whining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> About, had enough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's a very good uh, you know, spouse relationship that that she was like she took the whining for 4 years and said, "Okay, stop it." <laughs> and 
and do something about it. That's pretty cool. And then I had permission. I said, yes. Right. Exactly. It worked out. See? So it's, it's somewhere along the line, you learn how to be snaky. A little bit. <laughs> if you only knew. <laughs> do you think I could have gotten away with that for two years without being a little bit? No. I mean, you had to be very sneaky. That's true. I mean, there there's levels of sneakiness. Yeah. You know, so good good on you. Okay. So uh you start the company in two thousand nine and and it's to begin with it's more like just a side hustle hobby kind of thing, right? And and you want it yep. to be a real no kidding business from the start, but you keep your job, right? Yeah. Okay. So how did that how did that all play out? Made games, kept working on it. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that one. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's fine. That's fine. Well, okay, but I mean, you made games. Were you designing your own games or publishing other people's games? Or other both? people's games. Okay. Other people's games. Uh, at that point in time, early on, I would spend time thinking about game designs and trying to design games. And uh, at some point in time, there was a important... Um, growth step in the business when I decided that I am not going to be designing games. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, for the type of games that we are making, I was not going to be. I did not have the consistency associated with game design to get it to the point where I would be comfortable publishing it. Okay. Where it would be good enough that I would publish it, so I said, "Oh, I should not do this." Good for so you. That was helpful. yeah. That's that's a nice, uh, nice little piece of uh, insight that you learned about yourself. Nothing wrong and with that. that. Was it was it mostly because the quality of the game just wasn't up to your standard, or the whole like you put you could like didn't the quality really... of my just yeah the quality of my designs weren't up to my standard when I put them together the first time. And then the idea of having to go through all the effort of getting them to where it would be up to my standard and wasn't worth it potentially the years of training doing that before I could get to the point where I I felt okay. Um, Where there's other folks that are already churning them out. (laughs) Right. 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 And and at this point in time, there are certain types of games that I feel I could design uh, and I s- still, but I still don't feel like I would be really able to design the kind of games which um, I decided I wasn't going to design. Sure, right? gotcha. No, it's it's it, why not? It's just a choice, right? I mean, and obviously, you know, you kind of, and I've learned too that it's like. It's best just to focus on what you're already good at sometimes, right? And, you know, because there's always a cost to skill building, you know, and you've got a limited amount of time, you know, before we all die. (laughs) Yep. Right? So, yeah, it's just a choice. So that makes sense. So, okay. So now are you still working at your financial management job now? Now, no. Okay. Um, I still... I scaled back in 
I think 2012. I was still I was scaled back in 2012. I think maybe it was 2013, and scaled back even further in 2014, and it was completely eliminated in 2015. I think. Okay. So, so only you- recently have I completely stepped away from that. Gotcha. But that's good though. I mean, it's pretty cool that you can just sort of like, okay, the business is going. We're making a little bit of money. I can spend more time on it, and but I still have the safety blanket of a paycheck. So you went like yep. a little part time. That's yep. super smart. Yeah. And that also means like as you're building your business, I read this on your I think it was your bio on on LinkedIn. You guys never took any outside funding, which I love. That that just means that you're not beholden to anybody. So Unless you count Kickstarter. Well, no, Kickstarter doesn't count because you don't have to give the money back. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> right? Correct. They're pre-buying. That's the way I look at uh, at those Kickstarter kind kind of things. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's so. It's it's a different model. You know, it's not like an investor. As soon as you get it, like that whole uh, what is it like the Silicon Valley kind of investment thing. Where it's like mm. the point of the thing is not even to make the thing. It's just for them to have an exit. <laughs> it's just, right. you know, all right. I'm like, really? That's that's the game? Yeah. Once I figured that out, I was like, wow, I don't want anything to do with that. That's just like when the thing inside the machine, like the widget, is just a widget and you'll you'll like keep spinning your wheels until you find the widget that sells and then sell the company. Yikes. That whole, no, thank you. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Sounds awful. No, thank you. Yeah. Anyway. So, okay. So now you are full time game publisher, I guess. Right. Sure. All right. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about, um, how that, how that looks. I mean, how many games do you have, and I, I, you know, I don't even know how that would work. How does what's the relationship between game designer and publisher? Sure. Um, and how do you find so, those guys? Yeah, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> Sorry, I'll slow down. No, that's fine. I can answer them all. Okay, good. Uh, we have released about fifty games at this point in time, and wow. we have the capacity to release anywhere from certainly twelve would be on the easy and but even up to 20 something new uh products every year okay that's including pretty good. expansions yeah uh, today it looks like there's me and 11 other people that work at tmg we just make games and build our audience and and put get things through manufacturing and shipped across the world and so on Right, uh, and then as it relates to a game designer, we we get pitched uh, game designs. Okay, and the ones that we like, we we test, and and we have several uh, gates where we verify that we want to put uh, work into this. Okay, um, is it fun? Do we like it? Do other people like it? Um, it, we get quotes, make sure that it's financially viable at the price that the product should be at. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get a contract, and then we can we can work on it. 
Um, so you're involved in the actual game development at that point too? Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Game development in the sense of They're, updating and changing the rules. Right, right. To where they will be better. Um, yeah. Not computer programming. No, 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 no. Right, right, right. It's almost like a, a producer role, right? You're, you're optimizing. Absolutely. That's absolutely what it's like. Right, right. That's amazing. That's fun. It is. It's like when we were talking in the in the pre-show chat, it's you're kind of like Steam but for physical games. So Steam uh, is Yeah, like, I don't know how involved they get on the right actual game except for just approving it to go on their platform. Yeah, me neither. I don't know. I don't know. I I I know they used to be more involved and uh, and their Valve is a really cool company. Um yeah. and they're very much like they're very much into like um, they don't take any funding either, right? So I, I just love Valve as a company. Um, I'm currently addicted to this game called No Man's Sky. Uh, have you ever heard of that game? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, the not, it, it's not as bad as everybody says. <laughs> well, there were some people who were su- that I know that were super excited, and then I heard, didn't hear anything. And when I went to read stuff, they're like, "Oh, this game has these problems." Yeah. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's probably gone down in history as like the most hated game at the day or two after launch. It just there was this gigantic hate parade, and even more than like Diablo three when you couldn't sign in. I don't I mean, remember that was, that, that, was launch, a big one. that it might be as epic, but let's just say in two thousand sixteen it was probably the the biggest hate parade. Sure, uh, and it was all about. They screwed up in the talking about it too much kind of thing because it oh. was everywhere and they had all these mock-up demos. Mm-hmm. And see, these it's just like a very small team in England that made this game, right? Right. So they're indie and they got a deal with Sony to be exclusive on PlayStation. So all yep. of a sudden, this 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 small little company that's only really got like a couple of games... They're now going to sell a $60 game on PlayStation. I think that was an interesting experiment to say the least. (laughs) But thankfully, what, 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 when, you know, as an objective observer, I, I kind of like, I, I agree with almost everything the haters are saying it, but I, I just see through, you know, they said like, okay, it's boring and it's over too quick. And it's kind of true, you know, because what they did was they made this vast universe, but it's kind of empty, right? So their $60 launch price was too high and they, you know, but what they did make has huge potential. (laughs) All you got to do is put a lot of stuff in it. You know, it it needs more things to do, you know. All you need is a player base like Eve. Yeah. Online has. Right, right, right. Sure. It's it's like it's the all they did was like a tech demo for a really cool platform that now needs content. <laughs> and that's happening. You know, they've done like two major updates since mm-hmm. they launched and then and now because I'm I'm so addicted to it, addicted slash bored, you know, every time they come up with an update, I, I you know, like it's like crack and I I use it up really quick. <laughs> sure. Uh, 
and then uh, I, a couple days ago, I, I started loading mods, and they're amazing. So, yeah, I think the game will be okay. It just needs more content in it. So, it's uh, if you ever get a chance to get it on sale on Steam, I highly recommend it. You know, okay. Wait, wait until it's thirty-eight something dollars. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to get into this thing. Did you ever play Dungeons and Dragons or role-playing games? No. Not really. No. If we have wow. time for a story, I can I of can Of course we tell have you time something. for a story. Yes. So my brother, who's seven years older than me. Okay. Right. Yeah. He was into D and D. All right. Ah. And he's seven years older story. than me. So I'm like right. Jacob, 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 I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play. And uh I would just pester him, pester and pester and pester. And then uh one day okay. Okay, let's do this. All right. And I had observed some, so so he's like, okay. He starts running a game, right? I said, Jim, wait, I have to roll up a character. No, no, it'll be okay. We'll roll up a character after the first, uh, the first thing. Okay, okay, that makes sense, I guess. Michael, you're walking down a hall. You come to the end of the hall. You can go right. Or you can go left. What do you want to do? This is intense. This is my moment. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Okay, okay. I'll uh, I'll go left. You fall in the pit and die. No, 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 no. I'll go right. Fall in the pit and die. First role playing experience, right? And uh, and then you haven't gotten done. too much into it ever since. And then you were done. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I I remember uh, I was at one of those, like I think it was uh, a what boys club kind of thing, you know, where where kids hang out after school. Okay. Yeah, and. Uh, they had like a library and a gym and a rec room and all these things that kids can do and stay out of trouble. And uh, in the library one day, uh, a friend of mine, or actually is a group of friends, we found the original blue box version of D&D. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And we were hooked. So I was kind of like what your brother did. <laughs> But yeah. I didn't have a brother playing D and D. You know, I was the nerd. He was the jock. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but wow, that was uh, I. I spent a lot of time playing Dungeons and Dragons. I never, you know, I never really got into tabletop games. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. want to now because I've been watching that uh, that YouTube show Tabletop with Will Wheaton forever, and it looks yeah. like a blast. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> so, uh you told me that you have uh you have coming up soon one of your games is going to be played on tabletop and you got to you got to go and hang yeah. out with that whole crew. So, without screwing up your non-disclosure agreement, what was that experience like? Or tell well, us a story about it anyway. Yeah, so um the game is going to be is Harbor that will be on there. Right. And our games have usually a very concise 
but important to follow rule set. Okay. And they, um, you know, they, they're, they're not concentrating on what the rules are per se, because the show is meant to be entertaining. Right. Okay. Right. So if they're concentrating on the rules, it's really hard to be entertaining at, at the same time. Ah, okay. So they're kind of like so, making up house rules quite a bit. Well, it, in season three, they got into a little bit of uh, nerd rage coming at them about <laughs> uh, not having the rules correct or, or playing incorrectly on the show. Okay. And okay. so for season four, they decided that they would have representatives from the company come and make sure that the game was played correctly. Oh. And gotcha. so we actually – I we had two people go, myself and uh, Daniel who works here. And it felt – so there were people who were doing the producing of the show, like the directing and, and producing and observing things and, and helping to make sure that the people who were playing the game didn't have to worry about anything. You know, this camera should go in and do this. And right. they had like seven cameras or something like that. They had one wow. for close-up on each person. They had ones for close-up on each – like group of two so they had that's six cameras they had the overhead one that's seven and i think they might have had two more so there would have been a total of nine wow that's a lot of right? cameras yeah there, there was certainly one person who would like follow things around and, and yeah um so whenever there was something that was happening incorrectly we were we just observed it and we're like hey to the director because we need to be super quiet. Hey, they did something wrong. Oh, what? What? And, you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah, that was wrong. Hey, over there. Yeah, remember when you did that? Yeah, that's not right. Uh, so that happened a lot, <laughs> uh, which is reasonable. It's just yeah, reasonable. Yeah, I mean, they actually were very appreciative. Okay. Um, apparently, though, when they have, when they've had this experience before. They would get interrupted by the publisher a decent amount of times, and the publisher would be wrong. Oh, and, really? Wow. Yeah, but uh, we didn't have that problem. We were we we were right about uh, what was going on. Right. Right. Wasn't correct. Um, well, that's well, that, kind of screwy, yeah. right? <laughs> right. So you know, after the show, like, so we felt like that that was a lot of we were interrupting a lot, and the, and then. Um, you know, well, Will said, yeah, it, it's fine because you guys were right. A lot of times we get interrupted and then, and then they're wrong. And that's really frustrating. Yeah. It's a little uh, frustrating to be to, you know, he didn't follow up with saying, uh, but I speculate, yeah, it's frustrating to be interrupted, but if we were wrong, that's what you were here for. Right. Well, yeah, because they're you're there to you know forego the nerd rage. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so if if they get mad at you doing what you're there to do, that would yeah, be silly. No, right. There's no right animosity towards that. Right. Now I could understand if you screw up your job, then yeah, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> oh, that's great. Sounds like you had a blast. Was it fun? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. How long did it take? Was it like an all day thing? Um 
we reserved an entire day. We didn't need the entire day, though. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Nice. Very fun. Well, this has been a blast, Michael Mendes of Tasty Minstrel Games. At Thanks, Pro- Jeff Smith of <laughs> Vroom Vroom Beer. Dot com. Uh, and you are at playtmg.com. Uh, yep. Yeah, this has been a blast, and uh, I had a lot of fun uh, uh, nerding out with you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. All right, you have a good one. You too. Thanks, Jeff. See ya. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.